0: Today, we are bringing a blast from the past episode back because I thought it was the perfect fit for our focus on teachers who are teaching full time and running your business on the side, or maybe also full time. We know how that can feel. Last year, I had the privilege of sitting down with Abby Mullins, who is one of my TPT friends and also someone I admire a lot in the business space. Abby has been on TPT now for almost 11 years, and I loved this episode because everything she shared was super relatable. It was filled with tons of good tips, and I think you guys will get a lot out of this. So if it's your first time listening or even your second, enjoy. This is a good one. Abby, welcome. Hi, I am
1: the most excited to be here. Like you can ask my husband, I have just been talking about it for like the past 24 hours like I need to go on here and podcast smart. I'm actually really excited about it. I'm a total podcast virgin. I've never done one of these before and I'm just like thrilled to talk with you and to talk to somebody else that can relate to my own life so much cuz it's not like a common thing
0: what we do. So, I'm thrilled Oh my gosh. Well, I know there are so many listeners who have been waiting for this episode. And it was funny because Abby, you and I were like, when we got on the call, we were like, have we ever like actually talked to each other? Because, and the answer is no. Like we've Mm -hmm. been Instagram and Facebook friends for years. Abby, you were one of the first people that I ever started following on TBT. You and Kara Carroll were like my first two like TBT celebrity. Oh, thank you. That That means so much. I admired mean so for real. <laughs> so, it's just it's crazy how things come full circle and it's also the perfect lead in to why you're here today because you have been on TPT for now a full Decade is that right? A
1: full decade. So I started in 2011. I was still in the classroom at that point. I was teaching first grade. I'm a former kindergarten and first grade teacher. And then the last two years that I was in a school building, I kind of oversaw like a lot of the intervention and RTI and data. I did a lot of data my last couple years when I was in the in the classroom. But yeah, so I have. I have been out of the classroom actually for quite a while doing TPT, if you will. I'm just starting my 11th year
0: as effective in January. That's amazing. And it goes by so fast. I'm about like a year or two behind you, but we thought it would be really fun to give you 10 questions today, one for every year that you have been on TPT. So I love it. we have like the best list going. We took some questions from people on Instagram and are, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Bring it. Let's do it. Okay. Well, there were several of questions along these lines. It seems like, and I agree with this from following you on Instagram, that you have a really great work-life balance. What do your working hours typically look like?
1: I am just going to cheer Erin on right now because... Getting into Jumpstart back in December was probably one of the best things I've ever done for my business. And I don't mean this in a salesy ad way at all. But I think that if we would have talked a year ago, I would have been like, there is not a work-life balance. Like, I don't have one. I really just like show up in my law office, which is my laundry room office. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do today? Maybe I'm going to send an email. Maybe I'm going to work on a product. Maybe I'll update an old product. Maybe I'll write a blog post. I did not have a great work-life balance. And some of that is because I think that I see myself as a stay-at-home mom and also as a more of like a work at home mom. So, you know, I have four children ranging in age from 2 all the way up to 13 who also have very busy lives, but they're a huge part of my life and being able to work on TPT and sell on TPT has allowed me to be at home and really be present in their lives, which I I absolutely love. But My husband has kind of like he has stayed home sometimes before. And then and and I've done like TPT. And then sometimes he has worked outside of our home. But we decided back in December to kind of make that a more permanent situation. So I don't want anybody that's listening to think that I'm just like doing all of this by myself and putting in a 40 hour work week because I am absolutely not. I have a lot of help. And without that help, I wouldn't be able to do what I am doing on teachers pay teachers. So my husband stays home with our two-year-old and does like a lot of like the stuff around the house and does appointments and running kids to practices and staying up on all of that kind of stuff. And then I will come up to my office typically around as soon as we get the kids off the bus. So like that's usually around 820. Like I'll have breakfast downstairs with Charlie and Brandon. And then I will like come and sit in front of my planner, which is from Jumpstart. Mondays are emails for me. So I kind of got into batching after listening to your podcast a long time ago and realizing that like, that's such a great way to like do things. So I do all of my emails on Monday and kind of plan out my week. I look at my content calendar and decide like, Oh, what do I need to talk about this week? What needs an email? How should this go out on social? So that's usually on Mondays. Tuesday, Wednesdays are like product development. So it might be updating old products. It might be working on new product development, but that's primarily Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday is when I plan out like all of my Facebook social media stuff. And I send that... Or I populate it into an Airtable So that my VA can then publish it on Facebook. So I have a lot of help. And I realize that's such a privilege to have such the amount of help that I have. But we do not have it all together here. I don't want anybody to ever think that. We are just doing the best that we can with what we have in front of us. And we have four kids, which are, you know, oh my gosh, my kids have been home perpetually for like (laughs) since Martin Luther King Day. Like I haven't had a Monday. Off in or a Monday like a work Monday because we've had snow days and holidays and then the Bengals went to the Super Bowl and our district gave the kids <laughs> pay <off>. so anyway <laughs> like we you know what I mean like I feel like yes. we're constantly like just adapting to whatever is in front of us right now.
0: Yeah. Well, I, gosh, I could not agree more. Well, and that's one of the reasons I love following you on Instagram because you do keep it real. Like I've never felt like you sugarcoat things. So like, I love seeing your kids and your family, but I mean, I get it. It's hard. And you and I are in very similar situations. So I often think what a privilege it is to have that kind of support, but I'm with you on this between sick days and Days off and snow days. It's like, are when are you guys actually going to go to school? <laughs> like My son is homesick today. I mean, no way. I'm like not even upset about it. I'm just like, oh, okay.
1: That's, that's <laughs> it is. It, but it, like it's funny how it. You have to adjust your work week. Like keeping the white space on Fridays has been huge for me because it's kind of like. For me it's like a flex day. Mm-hmm. What do I what loose ends do I need to wrap up to go into the weekend feeling confident so that I don't show up on Monday like oh gosh, I didn't do this last week and so I've got to do it now. So if I keep Friday as a flex day, I am less likely to feel like I need to log onto the computer on the weekends which was a terrible habit for a long time that I've really stepped away from like Partially because I don't have a choice anymore. We have kids that are in sports. So we have lots of stuff going on on the weekends. But partially because I don't want to work on the weekends. I put in enough time Monday through Friday that if I'm having to put in more work on Saturdays and Sundays that I'm doing something wrong. And for a long time, I think I was. So it's kind of like that saying, like if you plan to fail, you're going to... Or whatever that saying is. Or you fail to one. plan, you plan. Yes. 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 And I feel yes. like that anytime that I... I'm not well scheduled and don't approach my business like the business that it is, is when I find myself floundering and like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do today. So that approach has been really helpful for me. That's awesome.
0: I I love that. And I also agree, like not working on the weekends has been such a game changer, mm-hmm. especially when and, and not wanting to work on the weekends. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing, you know? Are you a TPT seller who knows exactly what you need to do, but you're just not sure how to get started and get yourself into action mode? That's exactly why I started Ignite, which is a monthly TPT work club for TPT sellers just like you who need that extra boost of accountability in their life in order to finally have the business of your dreams, or who knows, maybe you are working to make the business of your dreams even better. Either way, I would love to have you join our Ignite community so that you can experience the magic of a group of people who just get it. And not only do they get it, but they are there to support you and encourage you and cheer for you every step of the way. Join today at schoolofsellers.com Ignite. Well, you kind of already touched a little bit on this, but going a little deeper into the help that you have. Do you, I know you mentioned a social media VA. Okay. What, so what else do you hire for?
1: Yeah. So my little sister had twins back in 2018 and she was kind of, she was working in, you know, like a professional business place. And she decided that she wanted to stay home with them. And so I was like, you know, I have some, I have some resources that if you could learn to like make these, then that would be like a huge help to me. So we kind of started there. Like I created a basic template and then she was able to take that template and create an entire product out of it. So we started there and then we kind of added on social media. So I have given her like full access of Facebook, like to go just pull like pins from my blog or, you know, it's penguin season. Talk about Mm -hmm. penguins. But I have realized that when I back away from that, not being fully involved in the things that are getting posted, it, it creates like this divide between what I'm putting out there and like where my heart is, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, I feel like I'm hands off. So I have found it more effective to like create an air table for her. And it really, it takes me less than an hour to do, to be like, okay, this is what I want posted on social media this week. And it usually goes in line with like what my newsletter is on convert kit. So that marriage of those two things has been really easy for me to push out to her. And I feel like it's more authentic. Rather than just being like, her name's Aubrey, rather than being like, Aubrey, just go find all the stuff and like pull it together. And she's not a teacher. Like she is not, it has no educational background whatsoever. So she has learned a lot of phonics rules in the past like (laughs) two years. So Aubrey does that. She does a lot of like new product creation for me. Again, I create the idea, the templates, push it out to her. And she, you know, we keep an air table where I upload everything. She pulls it out from there, works on it, puts it back in there. And then I upload it and put all the finishing touch- touches on it and edit it. Then I also, this has only been recent, I have someone that does blog posts. So usually just two a month. And again, like I create the, you know, have the content idea, push it out to her. She puts it all in a blog form, puts the pictures together. I review it, push, publish. That's a beautiful thing. And then I have someone that's currently working on updating former products. I tried to let Aubrey do that, but again, there is a special eye that as teachers have for like cutesy yeah. and like the way things pull together professionally. And so I've I tried to let Aubrey do that before and it just was not her niche. So I have found a VA that will take an old product and I'm totally hands off. I'm just like, these are the fonts that I like. She's looked at my old products and she's updating a lot of stuff. Because I mean, having a decade plus worth of activities oh is very overwhelming to dig through and to think that I have to update those alone. So that has been very beneficial also. So those are, those are my three working ones right now.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, we, I feel like we're from the TPT era where like the more the products you had, the better. And now mm-hmm. I feel like if I were to go back, I would probably focus more on quality over quantity. Yep. Yep. Um, and I would more
1: stay in my lane too. Like I am yeah. an ELA girl, ELA phonics, word work, and it's K1. Anything outside of that, that I've attempted before, like sure i can throw together some math centers but it's not it's not my like bread and butter like i would prefer to stick within the ela space so realizing that i feel like has been very helpful
0: for my business too yeah and it's just something that takes time to realize you know mm-hmm. so i know you have like your your niche that you like to create for so aside from like the content that you know you have to create for how do you come up with your product ideas
1: okay so that's very funny that you ask usually on the fly like I might be walking in the Dollar Tree and I'm like, oh my gosh, I could totally make an activity out of those lip chip clips. you know <laughs> And I think about that because I was working on Valentine's stuff and there was like an activity from like way back in the day yeah. that I involved those. But I keep like a, in my notes on my phone because I really do get inspired very sporadically. I keep just mm-hmm. keep something on my phone and I put it all on there. And then I'll usually transfer it to a piece of paper that's like sitting actually right here in front of my desk. And books, I find books are very inspiring. So if I'm like reading a new kid's book to my kids, I'm like, oh, this book would be great for teaching long vowel sounds. But typically that way, that word work just comes very naturally to me. Activities that are based around literacy have just always been my thing. And maybe it dates back to being a reader when I was young and having that creative outlet. But I feel like that's just where I tend to thrive. So I focus most of my efforts
0: there. I love that. I know the, the spontaneous ideas are amazing. There was actually a girl in one of our calls who said that she bought a special dry erase board to keep in the shower because that's where she gets her ideas. So she <laughs> I believe it. Make- I totally I, it. I know. I'm like, I need one of those like... <laughs> literally in every square inch of my house. <laughs> oh my hilarious. God. I will say though, that I feel like that's one of the best ways to get out of like a creative rut is just to go anywhere mm-hmm. with a TPT lens, whether it's the dollar store, a drive through like a city, literally it's crazy what your mind will think of if you put yourself like in a different place.
1: I also find too, that doing stuff that I enjoy, like if I'm just solely tpt focused and i'm just focused on business 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 i get very bored with that and i'm like this is not how i want my life to go and so when i go out and i do things that like light my fire and that i enjoy that just like i guess opens like creative pathways and it makes me more apt to create and more willing to create too where i don't feel like this is a chore i do this because i love it and i'm passionate about it
0: so it's like a healthy that.
1: balance of both
0: yes, I totally agree I love that so let's talk about we and we kind of already talked about this but if you were to go back and start TPT again like knowing what you know now, what would you do differently early on in your journey?
1: oh my gosh I think there's so many things I know. Because truly <laughs> as one of like I will say this and I think this is important for your listeners to know like I have been on TBT for a decade. Like I was probably one of the first people to come on there and have resources that were in my niche. And so that has been really helpful in my journey. Like it would be it has to be acknowledged that I have I have a lot of products that have that have been on TPT for a decade that trend well because not only are they a solid product but they come up easily in search results. Like you just cannot deny that 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 is helpful in me being successful because I feel like if you're a new person coming into TPT and you're like I just want to like get the get there fast and how do you do this? I was lucky. I really was. It's kind of, I was thinking about this analogy last night actually. This is so dumb, but like if McDonald's had never been created, like somebody was eventually going to come along and create the Big Mac, right? Like mm-hmm. if it wasn't me, it was going to be somebody else. It just happened to be me. So I just I say that because I feel like there's a spot in TPT for everybody, but that we also have to acknowledge that we got in at the right time. That for sure has to be acknowledged. So anyway, that's my little soapbox. I just don't want new people to feel like there's no spot for me. Like there for sure is.
0: I, gosh, that like gave me goosebumps actually. <laughs> I, I I believe in that so strongly that, yeah, as a new person coming in, it's probably kind of discouraging to see mm-hmm. people who have been here for 10 years already. But I've right. also seen new sellers who are just they're they're amazing like you said killing it just because they're starting 10 years later doesn't mean they're any less than the people who've been you know it's like if anything they're giving us a run for our money.
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So I think (laughs) that like going back to your question it's so like multi-layered for me. As far as like strategy goes, I, you know, like an email list, I did not have an email list, I think until 2017. And that was what five, six years into my journey at that point. Like I wish I would have done email sooner. And I feel like the whole, like I got away from blogging for a while, but blogging tends to still drive a lot of sales and a lot of people to TPT. So I think it's more of like, pick up all as you as you can afford it, meaning like time-wise, energy-wise, you need to be picking up as much internet real estate as you can get. So start with your TPT products that you need those social channels to market it on. You're going to need a blog that you want to be able to pin from. You're going to want to have Pinterest boards dedicated to it. You're going to want to have your email list. And all of those, I feel like probably sound very overwhelming. And you just want to do all of them at the same time. But that's why I say like, Invest early and invest often, but not until you have the money, which in this this currency would be time and energy. So if you don't have the time and energy to invest into social media right now, then build up that product base and start your email list. You know, you have to start somewhere. So I really wish some of those things I had, I wish I had continued blogging. More significantly, instead of backing off, but I also had like four kids, so I'm gonna give myself a little grace there too. Yeah, (laughs) figuring out how to be a mom, and you know, Brandon and I had only been married for what, like four or five years when this came along. Like, you're still trying to like be a wife, be a mom. Like, it's a whole learning process, and you're building the plane as you're flying it because we are the first people to do this. This is still a very novel business that That we are in. True. So I think that you have to take that into account. And then I think other things, I am very type A. I'm very... I can do this by myself. I wish I would not have had that mentality in the beginning. I wish I would have been like, there are a lot of people I could learn from that are very skilled in areas that I am not skilled in. And I think that's... It was a pride thing for me. Really, it was. It was like, I can do it by myself. I, I will figure this out by myself. And then I also think that there was some friction like I've been doing this for 5 years now. I don't need an email list. What I was doing was effective before, which is so stupid. Like it's mm-hmm. like having a fixed mindset versus having a growth growth mindset. I suffered for it. I know that one of the questions that you're going to ask me is have my sales increased every single year? They have yeah. not. They have not. And I, I can attribute some of that. Like my highest year, my highest selling year was 2014, which is interesting to me because I was This that was on the heels of our daughter being in the NICU. And like I was learning to parent a five or six year old and having an infant that was very medically fragile. And some of that probably just speaks to the timing of TBT and like what was trending and what was popular at that time, and that the market wasn't inundated, maybe in the area of K1. But some of that speaks to the fact that I was just like, I'm good. Why change those Chevron background covers when they were selling just fine? Right? Like, So I think that some of that was just me being unwilling to change. Mm -hmm. And then as I have watched so many other sellers grow, and I'm like, gosh, what is she doing? What is he doing that is making... Why are they being so successful? Oh, it's because they are they are growing. They're realizing the different ways to grow their business. Now, I will say that 2021 or 2022, fortunately, is starting out really strong. But it's probably because I'm doing all of those things that I was very resistant to in the first place. And like I said, it can be very overwhelming to look in my shop and be like, oh my gosh, I have 500 plus products and updating those Seems very overwhelming, but I'm in another course that's like focus here. Like you should be focusing on what's driving the majority of your sales, mm-hmm. and so really like honing in on those things has been very helpful too. Does that answer your question? I'm sorry. Yes,
0: that me. was so. No, my gosh. Yes, <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. And you and I are in the same. It's the data playbook membership that is helping us focus on our <laughs> yeah yeah our our products. But yeah, it's. It's definitely a battle. I would also say too, though, that one of the downfalls to starting earlier was that we didn't have courses or podcasts or YouTube right. videos. Like that was very much a new thing. I don't know what year that started becoming popular, but there's definitely a lot of options today that weren't around several years ago.
1: And I think I looked at a lot of other sellers as competition you know, back when TPT used to post the list of everybody, oh I mean, I, was I about would get that on there morning. every single Monday morning and be like, yep. where's my name at? Uh-huh. Oh, how, how is that person ahead of me? And then I would go look and like, this is so dumb. You all don't do this. Like just, <laughs> The things that I've learned in my thirties that I will no longer be a part of anymore. That's so ridiculous. You are not my competition. I can learn from you. I'm competing with myself. I don't know what you make in a year. I want to know what I made last year. And I want to try to do better than that. That like, I am my own competition. And Uh, that was, it's so dumb. So I hope that new people that come along hear me when I say like, we are not your competition. Like we are here to be your cheerleaders my mindset has really changed about that from being like i don't i don't want to help anybody i don't want to teach anybody because i don't want to detract from my own sales that's so freaking selfish in the first place but second of all it really like it's preventing the growth of everybody and i'll tell you what those people are going to figure it out anyway whether or not you are going to share it yourself somebody else is going to do it and they're
0: going to share so let's just exactly. all be a team here <laughs> exactly oh my gosh i know yes This is everything everybody needs to hear. This is amazing. Abby Mullen speaking the truth. So let's talk about leaving the classroom. Was it hard for you? And do you see yourself going back?
1: Okay, so that is a very interesting twofold question because so when I left the classroom, I mentioned my daughter, we adopted a child in 2013 after secondary infertility, and she was born at 27 weeks. So teeny tiny baby. And then she had a huge host of medical complications. So by the time Faith was ready to come home from the hospital, which was in February of 2014... I was toast. I mentally could not handle being in the classroom and also managing my daughter. So I kind of traded in a teaching license for becoming like a home nurse. Like she came home with a central line and a G-tube and couldn't leave the house. Like it was very intense. However, prior to that, so this is probably... It was probably my first year teaching first grade. So probably 2010 before I started doing TPT. I have always wanted to be a stay at home mom. That was my goal in life. I want to be a stay at home parent. I just really want to be at home and raise my kids. I was already feeling like the pressures of working full time and feeling like I was missing out on my son's life and like sending him to a babysitter or daycare or not being able to attend preschool presentations because I was, you know, in an IEP meeting or something. So I was already feeling some type of way about my position as a teacher prior to TBT coming along. And I remember like praying very specifically, like I need to know what's next. I can't sustain this for a long time. I want to say like I had great faith that something was going to come along and like I was going to help me transition out of the classroom and that was TPT for me like it really like happened probably within you know a year of really saying that prayer so it was it was very easy for me to leave the classroom by the time the opportunity came along I was already had already replaced my teaching salary and was confident you know I had it had been going on for what three or four years at that point like I felt like it was I I could leave and feel comfortable. Will I go back? I will never say never. I will never (laughs) say I won't ever do something. It does not feel like it's in the cards for me right now, like if you were, if somebody was to approach me and be like, we have a teaching job for you, we would love to have you at our school. That would be a hard no. I really enjoy what I'm doing. I'm very passionate about it. I still really love teachers. I still really love kids. And I feel like doing what I'm doing now is where I'm supposed to be. And it's like the marriage of all of those things together. So I won't ever say never. I don't know if I'll be, ever be a classroom teacher again, but I also, I think there's other avenues too. Maybe it'll be an education. Maybe it won't. I could see myself being like a college professor someday, like helping student teachers go into the classroom or like being a librarian. Like I really love KidLit. So Mm -hmm. I think that there's many many different options and I wouldn't ever limit myself to like never going back. But if you gave me the perfect teaching job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this is kind of like a, I don't know what the word is, hot button issue, at least in my life. I want to know if you ever struggle with being a TBT creator who is not currently in the classroom because I know something I struggle with so I'd love to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I that. really I probably more so like 5 years ago, not so much now because it's been such a big part of like I have I have been out of the classroom since 2014 so this like when I first got out I don't know how it was for you the first year that everybody went back to school and you weren't in the classroom decorating a classroom. And I was like, whoa, like my heart feels some kind of (laughs) way about this. That was hard for me as I have distanced myself from the classroom though. Like I, like I said, I have such a great sense of peace about what I'm doing and I'm still very confident in the content that I create for educators. Like I am still, I still feel a lot of confidence that what I am putting together is useful for teachers It is helpful for kids. And that is a benefit to them. So I at the beginning, yes, I felt a lot of like, this feels fraudulent, but not so much now. And that was more of just like, nobody ever approached me and was like, you're a fake. No one ever has said that to me. I have had people ask if I'm in the classroom before and i i mean i'm very much like no i'm not in the classroom like i'll have like brands reach out sometimes like oh we're so we need a you know a k1 teacher and i'm like do you follow me on instagram because i don't make it look like i'm in a classroom at all like i am 100% not in the classroom and i have been very open about that since the beginning i had a lot of trouble staging products if you will like that was probably one of the biggest things nice. is When we first started, you could just go take pictures of what your kid's work was of this product that you had made, put it on your blog and man, it's going to sell like wildfire. Mm -hmm. That was hard for me. Like being like, I didn't have the, oh, I can't think of the word, the credentials to say like, I use this with a child in a classroom. Yes. A lot of my stuff at the beginning I did because I really was, I truly was making it to use it in my classroom. And now I just, I guess a lot of those ideas and activities kind of probably piggyback off of what I made in the beginning. They're just different variations of the same thing. Mm that I was good at in the classroom and that I know would still work and be effective today. And I am still at the very fortunate age that I have kids that are in kindergarten and first grade. So if I ever need to like trial something, there's always Faith and Ben who are very willing to come into mom's <laughs> office and give it a shot. So
0: <laughs> that's, a, I, you know, I, I obviously can relate. You know, I think that's a really common thing. I, I still struggle with it sometimes, but I'm like you, like the longer it goes on, the longer you're like, okay, this is, it's okay. It's not, you know, anything that you should feel fraudulent about whatsoever. And for the people who the haters per se, that are like, well, you shouldn't be selling if you're not in the classroom, kind of like going back to what you said earlier, like if they're not going to buy it from me, they're going to buy it from somewhere else. And that might be what, like this old dude selling textbooks at a textbook Mm -hmm. company. Like Mm -hmm. I would rather teachers get the business than where schools usually spend their money. So absolutely. And if they're buying from like you alone, probably bring a lot of traffic to the TPT website in general. So you're also bringing traffic to other people's stores at the same Absolutely. time. So that's Absolutely. kind of how I. Make myself feel better when I'm here. Yeah,
1: yeah no, for I'm real. Feeling like, Actually, I very, very, very much understand that. <laughs> I very much understand that. And also it helps too, knowing that there is a good support group of us now. You yes. know, that wasn't the, you know, five, 10 years ago, obviously that was not a thing, but now right. it is. And I think it's really nice that we can sit here and have conversations like this because it's, you can't go to your local mom's group and be like, so I sell teaching resources. Like, even trying to still explain what I do is the challenge. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I've, you know, I've pretty much got it down to a science now, but like, if you like try to listen to my husband, like if somebody asks him what I do, he's like, uh, she's (laughs) on the internet and like, she makes teaching stuff. And yeah, it's always funny to hear like parents, like to have your mom or dad describe what you do. Uh It's probably like a thing for a lot of people that are our, our age, like not just in the education space, but trying to describe what we do. It's just... It's kind of the natural progression of things. Like TPT
0: was going to come along one way or another. Right. It really was, you know? You just so. gave me an idea for another TPT spill. You know how we spill the TPT yes. on Instagram? We should ask everyone to text their mom or dad. What What do I do? What is... <laughs>
1: and see what the response is. 100%. 100, <laughs> 100, that would be excellent. I will put your
0: elevator pitch according to your parents? <laughs> yes. That's oh funny. my gosh. That's amazing. Well, so if you weren't doing TBT and like you weren't a teacher, what would be your dream job be outside of everything that you've done? I think I already said it. I would be a stay-at-home mom.
1: Like I yeah. would just I really would just be a stay-at-home mom, which is not again just a just but being a parent is probably one of the most challenging things that you can ever do and managing a household. And, you know, like I said, we have a lot of kids, so there's a lot of different things that are going on, but I would be very content. Like if TPT went away tomorrow and the gift was like, Hey, you're, you're going to stay at home uh-huh. with your kids. And that would be fine with me. Like I would be totally fine. Now, if I had to go get like a, I don't want to say a real job, because I think being yeah, a parent is a real job. If I had to get a job outside of the home, I love like design. I love like design stuff like that. I don't... Maybe I would go into something like that. I don't Like interior
0: decorating? Because you're really good with house stuff. Like... Okay. I do.
1: I do like that a lot. But I was thinking more like digital design. Like I really like covers. Covers. Uh I could
0: just sit and make covers all day. I'll make covers for TPT. (laughs) Are you team Canva or PowerPoint? PowerPoint. Still PowerPoint. Yep.
1: Probably just because it's what I've used
0: forever. However,
1: I use Canva for a lot of like my ConvertKit graphics now because they have like really cool templates that are easy to edit. So, but as far as like TPT creation, I'm totally team PowerPoint. Old school of it.
0: <laughs> it. Okay. Well, this brings us to my favorite part of the episode, which is the lightning round of just a yes. fun question. <laughs> I hope you don't mind me asking this first question, but I would love to know how old you are versus how old you actually feel. I am
1: 39. I will be 40 in December. No regrets. Very proud to state that age. Like I said, I have grown so much in the past decade. <laughs> Even my 20s behind were no problem excited about being <laughs> And I... This is so appropriate for today. 22. Like yeah. I just feel perpetually 22. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like I look in the mirror sometimes. And I'm like, gosh, I surely I look like I did like, you know... 20 years ago, you could pass for your twenties. And I'm not just saying that for the sake of this podcast. And if anyone's wondering, we're, we're, we're recording on Tuesday. So February 22nd, 2022. So that is like the perfect. Yes. We all have to do a little Taylor Swift intro. Yes, Oh, I would love nothing. I love that. Okay. So if you follow Abby on Instagram, you know that she is always posting like delicious food and drinks and everything like that. But I want to know what your go-to coffee order is currently.
1: I'm really boring, Erin. I'm like, if I was just going to get plain old coffee, like it's just going to be a latte, no flavor, no nothing. I just like a really basic latte, no sugar, even like, I just, I like a boring latte. If it's going to be like a fancier drink, I like that ice sugar oat milk latte from Starbucks.
0: Yeah, so, like the shaken yep. one. That's yes, that, that one. So good. Yep, yep. I like that one. There's nothing wrong with just a basic latte. I, um, I think that's great. Yeah, that that I'm boring. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have going off? Like, I'm just. These are the rest. Of these are just food questions because they're my favorite. What's your favorite sandwich?
1: Ooh. Okay. I can totally go for a classic PBJ anytime. Again, you you guys are going to think I'm so boring. Love a PBJ. <clears throat> Probably turkey, pickles, mayonnaise, Swiss cheese on white bread. Just basic white bread. That sounds... has funny. to have the pickles and the mayonnaise. So, like
0: A specific type it. of pickles?
1: Dill. Dill yeah. for sure. The yeah. bread and butter, I like those just okay.
0: But dill is 100%. Oh, dill is definitely the, the winner. Yeah. What what am what am I trying to think of? Oh, superior pickle. Oh yeah. For sure (laughs) is the superior pickle. (laughs) All right. Let's end this with a would you rather, would you rather eat pizza for breakfast or would you rather eat breakfast for dinner? Breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Yep. I I I thought you'd say that. Your pancakes, eggs, bacon, biscuits and gravy for sure. Cracker barrel all the way. (laughs) Amazing. Oh gosh, Abby, this has been so nice. I thank you so much for taking the time to share your knowledge and experience. I just think this is going to be such a valuable listen for so many people.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Erin. It really has been a blast. So I really appreciate it. And I'm honored to be here. So thank you all for listening in.